When I was 24 years old, I had joined a Christian ministry in Minneapolis, ministering to junior high and high school girls in South Minneapolis. I had to raise my own support, so money was really tight. It got to be winter, and every time I would drive down to South Minneapolis, I would get stuck in the snow because my car had bald tires. So frustrating. And I felt so frustrated because I was so alone. I was really far away from home, very far away from home, and I had nobody who had my back. So one afternoon, I found myself on the floor of my apartment, crying, crying out to God, what am I supposed to do? I don't have money for new tires. While I was still on the floor, the phone rang. I got up, answered the phone, and it was a woman from a church in Detroit. And this was a church who was supporting the ministry that I was doing in Minneapolis. And she said, Hannah, we had a meeting last night with, uh, with the missions committee. And we were just talking about you, we were praying for you. And we just wondered, is there anything that you need right now? like tires for your car or anything like that? <laughs> so this morning, we're going to continue our series on the names of God. And the name of God we're going to focus on this morning is God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Literally, the meaning is, the Lord will see to it. Did you catch will? <laughs> will implies certainty. It's not the Lord can do it. The Lord can, no, the Lord will. So the name of God that we're focused on today was actually given to God by Abraham. And it was given to God by Abraham out of Abraham's personal experience with God. Abraham had experienced that God was good on his promises. God had told him that he and Sarah were going to have a son in their very old age. And God was good on that promise, even though it took 25 years from the time he had promised it. Abraham experienced not only that God was good on his promise, but that God is able to do 
what is absolutely humanly impossible. Abraham had become certain of God. It's what he had come to know. He had come to know here about God. Personally, not an idea. So let's read that passage where Abraham gave God this name, and it's in Genesis 22, and we're going to read 1 through 14, and I'll stop at 8. Some time later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early in the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there and we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb? The lamb for the burnt offering. Abraham answered, God himself will provide. God himself will provide Jehovah Jireh. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will see to it. So we'll read on from 9 to 14. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you had not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place 
the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The Lord will provide. God sees what's needed. God sees what's needed and provides. That certainty that Abraham had, that certainty that he had come to know through his personal experience, required action, obedience. Did you catch that Abraham didn't just say, Oh, yeah, I know that. I know that about God. He provides. Now, did you catch in verse 3? Early the next morning, Abraham got up. Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He went. He went. It's not enough to know that God will provide. Laying on the line was required. The going is what proved his knowing. It was the going that proved the certainty. I want to look at that for a little minute. What difference acting on your knowing makes in God's provision? So let's look at that encounter from Mark that we studied not all that long ago with the rich young man. And it's in Mark 10. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he said. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. This young man knew that Jesus was good. He knew that God was good. But he didn't really know it. 
at least not enough to lay down his security and his wealth for security in God the provider. So he went away sad. Was his wealth bad? No. But his wealth had become his security. His wealth had become his provision. And clearly, he was not sure Christ could provide that. If you don't know God as he will provide, then you can't afford to lay down what you've banked your security on. What have you banked your security on? If you don't know God as he will provide, you can't afford to let it go. So how much more than wealth was Abraham asked to sacrifice? A lot. The story is mentioned again in Hebrews 11. And we're going to turn there and read Hebrews 11. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham had received a promise from God that was sure. And so God must be able to provide even though he's asking me to sacrifice my son. So he reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham didn't wonder if God was good on his promise. He knew God could raise him from the dead, if that's what was needed. He knew, and he acted. He obeyed. God will see to it. Shortly after my tire provision, I was at a conference And there was somebody at that conference who needed $100. And immediately when that need was like put out, I knew I was supposed to give $100. And I knew it wasn't from me because if I gave that $100, I wouldn't be able to pay the rent the next day. But I was very sure that prompting came from God. 
So I guess he'll have to figure out the rent. So I gave the $100. The next day, I was giving a friend a haircut, which I did a lot, a lot of friends' haircuts. $5 they paid every time. And it was a little extra spending money for me. So that day, this guy came over for a haircut. I cut his hair. And as they always did, they left the five bucks on the table or a check for $5. And he left. And I go over and grab the tech check. And it was a check for $100. Do you remember the story in Mark when Jesus had fed the 4,000 with seven loaves of bread? Amazing. Wow. God can do anything. And right after that, the disciples get in the boat with Jesus, and they started worrying because they forgot to bring bread. And what does Jesus say? Do you still not see? Do you still not understand? And then in John 6, after Jesus had fed 5,000, Jesus a few thousands at a time with a few loaves of bread, he says in verse 33, 633, because people were saying to him, we want another sign. Like right after he had fed 5,000, and it's like, okay, but just one more sign. And then Jesus says in verse 33, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us that. Give us that bread. We'll take that. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Talk about provision. Never hungry. Never thirsty. The provider is the provision. It wasn't about the bread. Another sign. Tires. Hundred dollars. It's not about that. Do you remember the story about the bread from heaven? when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert. We want bread! They cried out to God, cried out to Moses, complained to Moses, and God gave them bread. But what did God say? 
You can only take what you need for today. Well, what happens if we make a storehouse? What if we, what if we gather some and make nice little allotments? And what happened? If they kept the bread for the next day, it would rot. Why? Because it wasn't about the bread. It was about the provider. It was the one who could be counted on to see what was needed every single day. And Jesus says, you still don't understand. During that same season in my life when I was 24, as I mentioned earlier, it was very far away from home and I felt very alone. I hadn't made any close friends. I didn't have anybody to call on when I was in desperate need. And I kind of felt a little bit like, you know what, God, that would be the least you could at least give me when I'm serving you. And I literally cried out to God for a friend, for somebody who would have my back. And you know what God said to me? Hannah, I got your back. Let me be for you that sure thing. Let me be for you the one you can count on. Let me be the one for you when you're crying out, stuck in the snow in Minneapolis. Let me be the one that you cry out to, who's got your back. I am so grateful for that season in my life that God gave me that opportunity to have him be the only one I could go to. Because you know what I learned? I learned what Abraham learned that I could be confident that God will see to it. God will see to me. Let's look at Genesis 22 again in 22:14. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide and to this day it says on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Did that ever come to a reality? First, Mount Moriah was where Solomon built the temple. The temple where the Lord dwelled. And later, that was the very place where Jesus died. Where Jesus died for the ultimate provision of giving you and I life. 
His life as a provision in exchange for what? For whatever else I cling to. For my security, for my significance, for what I feel like I have to have in order to move on. Whatever I cling to, I exchange that for the provider. His provision is his very self. And his very self is enough. How certain am I today of that? How certain are you that the Lord will see to it? enough to act on his promptings, those little nudges. Lay it all on the line because I know. I can bank my life on him. You can bank your life on him. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, who sees what's needed and provides. Let's pray. Father, that's just amazing to me. Thank you. Thank you that I've gotten to experience that. Thank you that that is so available to me. At any moment, I want to look to you for my it. You will be it. So Father, I pray that for each of us here today, for each person watching online, that there would just be this certainty of who you are that that would be our story. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Before I end with the blessing, I want to remind you to not leave on your own, and yet you will be ushered out by the ushers. So, but please stand as I read this to you and then stay put. So now go with this invitation from Jehovah Jireh. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. All you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, 
Hear me that your soul may live. Amen.